Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Marky. Happy birthday to you. I do not approve of this opening to the podcast. Mark wouldn't even look me in the eyes when I sang that lovely tune to him. It's been your birthday. It isn't actually Mark's birthday now. I, I feel that, like, as a lawyer, I feel I need to say this as, like, a disclaimer. It's not actually Mark's birthday when we're recording, but it has been Mark's birthday very recently. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> do you feel old? No. No. No? Because I feel... I've, I've felt old for a long time, so uh, <laughs> I don't feel any older than I have done normally. But I have to say that we celebrated your birthday in style with an amazing cake from our friend Alison, who has an ama- amazing, I'm going to use, just use the word amazing over and over again, but an amazing business. She is at Ali Cat Cakes. You want to follow her on Instagram? Yes, it, it was excellent. It looked beautiful and it tasted even better. It was amazing. So if you want to look at the, the cake of, of, uh, of choice, I'm really tempted have to a go look across on her and get, get a slice while you're reviewing well, something. And... I've, I've just eaten some. And um, yeah, it was. Um, it, yeah, see, amazing. That's all I can think yes. of as a word. But yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. So that's what's really reminded me as well as that beautiful carrot cake that you have for your birthday. So yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you don't feel too old. No, no, well, I feel old anyway, because Run Rig Run, classic Top of the Pops the other day, and I was thinking, God, how old are these guys? And the lead singer was 39 at the time. 39. She's three years younger than I am now. 39. Yeah. And he looked about, like, he looked like he would probably have grandchildren. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. It's, uh, that's not to break your back like that. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Mark. A little less conversation. Oh. A little more action, please. I don't, I don't feel I'm in the mood for this podcast. <laughs> I might as well just stop it now. Let's get into some TV and film because there, there has been a lot going on. We've got, some, we've got some massive ones to talk about as well. I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, television first? Television. Like we always do. Like we always do. Why change the habit of a lifetime? Watching television, watching television. So first of all, can you sell me on why I should be watching Sherwood? Oh, sh- yes, Sherwood. So Sherwood is a BBC... Well, and this has taken me by surprise. <laughs> Have you seen the cogs in my brain? Yes, like, like, yes. What, how, how do I describe this? Let me just think about how Wikipedia would put it. So Sherwood is a BBC One drama that has been on recently in the last few weeks. And it has this amazing cast... It's led by David Morrissey. Does he play Robin Hood? He doesn't play Robin Hood. See, the funny thing... I know you're making a joke, right? But the funny thing is that I was absolutely convinced this was Robin Hood coming back. I was getting dead excited. You know, when the BBC does all those trailers of the things that are coming soon. And it goes boom, 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 boom. And it's really, really fast. And then, like, flash words up at you. And they flashed up Sherwood and they flashed up this young lad dressed in Lincoln Green, not Lincoln Green, but you know, he was dressed in and he was in the forest and I thought, oh, we're getting another version of Robin Hood. I really love the Robin Hood story. Obviously Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, best version. Made Marion and a Merry Men, probably equivalent. But yeah, anyway, back, back, to, back to Sherwood. What were you going to say? Disney, Robin Hood. Di- oh, Disney, Robin Hood. See, that as I really Previously of this podcast. Yeah, that's, see, I'm not making it up in the back of my head. I'm thinking, do I really love Robin Hood? But I do, I do love the story of Robin Hood. Anyway, this is nothing to do with Robin Hood. It is just set in Sherwood. That's a funny thing to call a show, then. 
it isn't when you watch it. But it, but it doesn't it, matter it, what yeah. happens when you watch it. Yeah, like, it does, it, there are illusions. The show, and I've, I've, I've heard very good things from you, I've heard yes. very good things from reviews, but I've heard no one else talking about this, like, outside. Well, there should be, because it's ensemble cast, like I say, led by David Morris, wonderful David Morris, they have so much pathos and there's so much going on behind the eyes and... Sometimes you feel like I've seen David Morrissey in so much stuff that you should feel like, oh, here we go again. Like In this, he's playing a copper. So you should feel like, oh, I've seen David Morrissey. But every single time I watch him, he embodies a new character. And I hadn't seen anything like this where it's all about intergenerational trauma. It's all about um, the his- history of the North. And it- it's just fantastic. I don't want to go into... A massive amount about plot, but it's based on a crime that I don't know. I don't want to say the words "true crime" to you because you're going to give me the look. But it's is it based tr- on is it something. True crime? It is. It, it's based on something that happened. It is based on. But is it an actual true story? Yes, but with from what I can understand, the the germ of the story comes from real life, and then there are fictionalized elements around it. Okay, right. So it's it, it, so it's, it's not a true story then. It's... Well, it's based on something that happened, but Plus it's not. Like Chernobyl's based on something that happened, but yes, okay. I think it's an interesting example because I think then they were, with Chernobyl, what they were trying to do was show you the stories that mm. were perhaps hidden of the people that you didn't hear about okay. in, in yeah. terms of this big disaster. It's based on something that happened, but it really d- dives into what occurs within a community where so much has happened in the past and then weaved into that are are these murders every time i watched an episode i just was compelled to see the next one which was annoying because they were putting them on like weekly i think there were two yeah it was tuesday every week yeah and i couldn't just go to the next one and go there and, and consume it. I laughed a lot during it because <laughs> there were so many people that you knew just popping up. I mean, I don't think there was a bit part actor in this at all. I, I, I want to list all the people, but I'd be here forever. And some people were just playing a role that was on screen for a scene and then they weren't in it ever again. <laughs> and these are Big actors. You know, these are people who carry shows. So it's absolutely like, fascinating. Come back later on, then. No, no, no. They, it, I've watched the whole thing now, and they've just they, that's it. They were just there for that scene, and that's or they were oh, there for a couple now? of scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, finished. It's finished. Yeah, um, it it was wonderful. I didn't know what was going to happen from moment to moment. Maybe because I didn't know the story that it was based on, and. The characterizations were were just beautifully done. Things that I'd never seen before. Twists and turns that made me put my hand to my mouth and go, oh my God, you, but totally believable as to how they could happen. If you're going to compare it to a TV show, just so mm. that, because I'm still on the fence about this. Yeah, and yeah. You are saying how good it is, but you're not necessarily yeah. selling it to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that you, and I I'm understand if you careful. want to keep, yeah. yeah. What sort of show would you compare it to? Broadchurch. Okay community small community people you get to know mm. people that the show takes you into their homes and you get to understand they're all very different you get to understand the secrets and the lies and the 
uh, the relationships going on behind the scenes. And then in the centre of this are two police officers that are rubbing up against each other. Sounds very cliche, but it isn't. It isn't cliche. Two police officers rubbing up against I'll each other. I know you're, you're looking at me. They're rubbing up against each other that have a history and they have to find out what is happening. Okay. Really, I really, really enjoyed it. It's going to be in my top 10 TV shows of the year. I really, really recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it before. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll properly check it what, out. Yeah, watch the first episode and... If you get to the end of it and you're not compelled to watch it, I think you know, won't you? I was very keen to watch that. And then the end of the second episode really made me go, oh, wow. Okay, I don't have a clue what the show is about. And it's taking me on a journey. Okay. Well, I'll I'll check it out then. What else have we got? So I'd forgot we were even going to cover Sherwood. But what, what else do you want to talk about on TV? Okay. So uh, quick to talk about Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. We are three episodes in. We're three episodes in. Four's been out, but we've been we've had a bit of busy weeks. So, yeah, well, so, uh... happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. It's the new Marvel TV show. Yes, it is the four fifth. Possibly. I mean, you're Division. Me. Um, the the Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Yeah, that that one. Um, Hawkeye, Moon Knight. And now this. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, oh, I was oh. criticised before for oh, not turning no. off my phone. Oh, and no. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's a disaster. Oh, it's Elaine doing it I now. did actually say, make sure you turn your phone off. And yeah. I haven't done mine. Okay. There we go. Right. This is a tale of Kamala Khan, who, through reasons, <laughs> through reasons. finds herself uh, with a piece of jewellery that, appears to give her powers um and she's a young woman she's a young woman she is i think she's 17 in the mm-hmm. in in the show um but yeah this is basically the story of a young woman who finds she has powers and a family history that is deeper than it may seem i really enjoy this whereas you appear to be like well yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first episode. I, I love the character. She And I love the actress playing Kamala Khan. Mm. I, I think she, she... I haven't seen her in anything else. Imran Vellani. It is yeah. her first ever role. She, she's, um, she's spiky and she's really... She embodies teenagehood. In she a, in plays a, it like a yeah. 17-year-old girl would. Yeah. Yeah, and, she's very believable. And it's really, really believable. And... Her relationships with people are very believable, with her family, with her friends, and sometimes she's a bit annoying, and sometimes she's just full of enthusiasm, and you 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 go with her because I think she reminds you of, of what it is yes. to to be young and to be um, in in that world where you, and especially if you're someone like us who really enjoys pop culture, she's someone who really immerses herself in the world of of marvel yes and she loves captain marvel that's her her idol so she wants to be like her be like her own and go to things like comic con and, and those sorts of things so really um, generically unnamed yeah, yeah, Comic-Con. Yeah. Yes. so it really speaks to people who are very much that way inclined which which we are mm. i also absolutely love and you have to talk about it with this show i absolutely love that she is a character who is muslim and you get to see 
things that you don't see on television. You're absolutely right. Or that you see on television that are portrayed in a particular way. So there mm. are um, you know, these beautiful scenes inside the mosque where the, the the it's just pure characterization and it's pure positivity and there is no sense of you know do you know how many times you, and you until you see a scene in a mosque which is just completely normal yeah but how many times you see a scene in a mosque where someone's a terrorist yeah. you know that's when you suddenly realize that you haven't seen a typical scene in a mosque yeah. That that's what comes and hits you, and it really hit me, and it really it made me think about that for quite a long time actually. But I love the 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 relationships there. I love the um that she's got a, a best friend who is running for being on the the council, and there's just just so many lovely things. The family is amazing, like really supportive parents yes. who yeah, and her brother is like her brother's yeah. really well characterized he's a lot older or like certainly yeah. a bit older he's getting married and he lives outside the family so he's kind of like rolling mm. his eyes at things going on in the family the, along with the mosque there is an Eid celebration yeah. that's just shown like the same way that like Thanksgiving Day Parade would be Absolutely. and it's yeah it is it's really we've gone beyond just sort of the representation and obviously representation by casting like a black actor such as Samuel Jackson for Nick Fury mm-hmm. um, is is one thing but actually, but there's nothing about Samuel. There's nothing about Nick Fury in the MCU which says an African American person mm-hmm. in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, this obviously comes from the comic books, and it's a it is a Pakistani American character. But yeah, they have absolutely embraced it, and it's it feel. I mean, in episode three, there is a there is a dance number mm-hmm. at the wedding, and oh, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really joyful. joyful. Yeah, joyful. that's exactly yeah, right. Really and I think. My issue is that I haven't been... I, that I love. So I love all of the things that we've just talked about, but the superhero element hasn't caught me. So I part of me wishes it was just a show about this young girl growing up and her school friends and her family, and it was more of a drama without all of the superhero stuff around it, because... The bits where she has powers, or there's a villain, you know, there's like there's this jeopardy, or th- these questions about the powers. I found myself going, "Oh, I, I don't care," and the 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 villains have appeared, and I found them very one note. And there's also there's not some some not great acting, as well that really chucked me out. Yeah, I know. There's one character that <sighs> stands out. There's one as, that really stands. Yeah. So. All of that joyfulness, I think, is I'm not decimated, but it's it's. I would just prefer it was a it was that story and nothing to do with the superpowers. Fair enough. However, I can see from the latest episode that we've watched that we might be going more into their direction and we might be finding out a little bit more, and that therefore it might yes. compel me to understand that part of the story more. So I will carry on watching it. It's also um, not that long as well, is it? How many minutes are the episodes? Well, no, the episodes are about 50 minutes. Oh, are they? Oh, right. Okay, maybe I'm getting it wrong then. I think the the very, like attitude of it and mm. the the funness of it like means that flies by yeah it never feels like you're never looking at your watch going i thought it was about 40 minutes so that okay that so makes sense that, yeah. yeah that rings yeah. true mm. yeah um recommend a very much a recommendation i just wish it was one thing and not the other okay fair enough fair enough 
Can we talk about Westworld? Um, yeah, okay, I'm very conflicted, but yes, let's go for it. Let's see if I can actually make sense. This is one of the first things that we reviewed on this podcast. It is. Um, it was season three. Season three. Mm. Uh, over two years ago now, mm. at the start of lockdown. Wow. Yeah. And I left that season going, I am never coming back to this. Yeah. I've been caught by it, and we watched the first episode of season four together. Yes. <laughs> and afterwards, <sighs> you turned around and said, I'm very sad. I'm very sad. I am very sad, but like I say, I'm really conflicted. Can I go into that in after after you've said your thoughts, shared your thoughts on it? Because yes. I think if I hear what you say, I might be able to articulate things in a much better better way. So I'd I'd like to hear what you think. Okay, so I am um, I went in with very low expectations, given that I think the last two seasons have been really poor. Um, there has been very much a reset. Season three was about something I neither wanted nor cared about. I can't even remember. Can, so, you, can you remember season three and what the, the what so, went on yeah, there? There was we completely left the park, or largely mm. left the park, and it was Maeve and everyone was everyone was Dolores. Dolores yeah. I hated put herself that. in everything. I hated that. And that was a trope which it did where it caught us out in the second season finale where the person who we thought was Charlotte all the way through was actually a second Dolores. And you I'm do throwing it once. my hands up in the you air. You can do it yeah. once and it's kind of cute. Yeah. But when you've got 27 Dolores, each as different characters that we know from other actors playing them and have played other parts in that, it just takes the stakes out of things. And mm. it completely it alienated me from the show. There was a big computer called Rehoboam. I still can't. <laughs> You're I'm right, still not confident right, saying that word. No. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll gloss over Rehoboam that, both of us. Yeah. Or something that was dictating the paths that humans would take as well as... The, so um, they brought in Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul, who I liked. Yeah. I liked as an actor. Yep, still do. But he was in... in the show, his character was someone who was an ex-military man who uh, had a job now, had left the military and had a job like fitting cables mm. along with robots. Um, and there was, the computer had decided he would kill himself within two years. Mm. So there was no point in like investing like, any time in So he couldn't like get married or yes. find or have any children. That was his, his pathway was But it was never quite dictated. clear how that worked. No. So what happens if you meet someone that he likes? Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, anyway. Oh, it was something like he couldn't get enough credit or he could, this was the only job he could ever... So it's, so yeah. there was social stakes as well, mm-hmm. wasn't there? But that seems to have all been forgotten about. Oh, what well, has it? Well, I don't know. There are allusions to it in this new season. So this new season, uh, there has been a time jump. We meet Dolores, who is now... Oh, the Evan Rachel Wood... Evan Rachel Wood is is definitely back. Playing someone called Christina, who is a video game designer, but seems to be designing NPCs, and you would know what an NPC is, but if, if you people who don't, it's a non-playable character. So sort of the, the people, if you think of Grand Theft Auto or a game like that, the non-playable characters that interact with you or just sort of walk past you in the street when you're playing. But what she seems to be doing is like people are approaching her saying you're creating us and so yeah it's not clear whether we're you not are, quite sure. we're in the game ourselves yes 
not clear whether this is a flashback. Um, yes, we, we don't know what no. uh, whether we're in the same world as other characters yes. who we have come back to, to mm. meet in this series. Yeah, it's almost standalone, isn't it? Yeah, we've not seen Bernard yet. Bernard. Lovely Bernard. Oh, I love Bernard. Um, Maeve appears to be just living out in the woods, yeah. causing blackouts. I'm willing to give it a bit of time. I am glad that they have... I wish they'd get back to the fucking park. <laughs> because that's what I found interesting. Like, you can tell this... I think the first season, and mm-hmm. to a second extent the second season, was telling really interesting stories about artificial intelligence and the role of artificial intelligence and when it becomes... I mean, there is... Like, it's been in the news recently that someone in Google has left their job because a piece of artificial intelligence that they created, they claim has become sentient. Mm. And I think Google have quickly ushered them off to the <laughs> side and uh, said, no, it's not, off we go. But but it wasn't just about the technology. Mm. It was about humanity. Yes. So it was about people who would go to a park to do terrible things to what they thought were non-sentient beings. And that, just that core of the choices that people would make when they went to a place where nothing really mattered and you could behave in whatever way you wanted, that I find fascinating as a piece of psychology. So who do you choose to be when there are no, when there are no consequences? So you can kill as many people as you like. You can, you know, there was the clear sexual assaults. You could, you could, do, you could do these terrible, terrible things, these awful murders, and yet it it would have no consequence. Or you could choose to be very family friendly, go and chat to your non-playable character, you know, go and chat to your characters mm. who might be out in the field. Take um, you on a mission to take find you on some a mi- gold. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, lo- I love that about it because it, it told you about yourself. And one of the, the, the big threads of it was this character called William, and where he went through his journeys in the park and how it led him to understand who he really was. Mm. So I loved all of that, as well as this whole idea of the the, the robots being sentient or becoming sentient and, and all of the things around the technology. I really loved it. I mean, season one for me is one of the best seasons of, of television I've ever seen. Season two, I really loved. I really, I, I did like that, um, that, I mean, it was a maze. It was a maze, but I really liked to think, and and it. I I didn't agree. I didn't like the ending, but I really enjoyed the process of what is this? What am I watching? How does this? How does this work? Season three completely lost it for me, mainly because we were outside of the park, but also just these new things that came in, which leads us to season four. And like you say, I just want them to get back in the park because that's where I enjoy. You know. Really simple me loves that whole idea of being in the park. I am also willing to give it a chance, but mainly because I have now listened to other podcasts and mainly the Bold Move, I'm going to give them a shout out, Yeah, the Bold Move podcast who did a, a media, what's it called, instant reaction. Yes. They did an instant reaction after the episode came out. Then they did a full review episode. And then they did a feedback episode where people had had written in. And they had picked up on so much more than I had 
I could ever have, you know, I probably would have had to watch it three times to, to pick that up. And they have sparked my interest because I now understand, I think, more about where the show might be going. And those underlying themes and those character moments might be drawing me back. I'm still very much on the fence. I look forward to three weeks time when yeah. I'm saying fuck this. I'm not yeah, this I know, I know. Well, yeah. I'm. That's what I'm. Sca- I am scared of that. But there are. I sense there are people coming back from. And this is this is not me spoiling anything. I just I get the feeling that we are going back a little bit. That maybe the writers got a bit of a sting from the feedback or in the reviews of season three and I think there has maybe been some dialing back and some maybe listening to the audience and I just have a feeling that we're going to be going back to maybe those earlier seasons to capture more you know either in character or in theme and I will be down with <laughs> like that. I like that. There are certain things that have popped up in episode one where I was like, oh, you know, like, mm, right. I, that's taking me back to the earlier seasons and I, I'm enjoying that nostalgia. But I, I wish it had stopped after two. I wish it had just, it had just come to an end and we didn't have this. Same there's, but there's one parts, for me. There's parts of it. And this is where probably I get to the third week and go, all right, I've had enough. There's parts of it that are really reminding me of the latest Matrix film that I can't remember what the subtitle is. It's Matrix Resurrections. Yo, really, I mean, really reminding me have, of that. They must have seen that and gone, fuck. Mm. Because like there, there are plot threads lifted directly from it, which is unfortunate. It's for, unfortunate. Yeah, for everyone. And it, it feels repetitious, but B... I did not enjoy see see earlier episode everyone for that one I I did not enjoy that film however (sighs) I mean I liked the bit which this is closest to it was when it it it, we entered the matrix it went off the rails for me so Mm. I'm yeah I'm happy I'm happy to see what they do but yes let's see it's cautiously and I have been looking this week to go oh when's the next episode on tonight is it as it's as as we are recording, so that maybe tells me that I'm maybe a bit more in it than. But like I say, it's mainly because I listened to the guys on Bold Move, and they have taught me. They they were very positive about it actually, which I was really surprised at. And they have perhaps taught me around. So maybe that community. And you know what the sign of a good show is? Mm-hmm. Homework. I liked. I really liked the homework of season one and season two. I got really really into it, as you know. We used to get up at like stupid o'clock in the morning to watch this show when it was released overnight in And America. that's fine, mm. but a show should stand on its own and you shouldn't need to spend two hours on Reddit. Like I'm not spending two hours on Reddit. No, but you're listening to two hours of a podcast that has mm. been on, on a Reddit mm. trying to understand what the fuck's going on. I don't, think, I don't think that's a correct representation. What I'm saying is I enjoyed listening to them. I wasn't going back and on. I wasn't, you know, I just enjoyed listening to them get excited okay. about what was happening right fair enough okay thanks yeah should we talk about some films yes like, oh, well i've got well, i've got, you've got quite a lot about, haven't yeah. you yeah. yeah and then I, and then we've got a biggie yes yeah. you're very singy today Saturday night and the moon is who cares what picture you see 
Films by Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take too long up on these. All right. Yeah. I mean, you say that. <laughs> no, because I'm not it you. It is us, though. Yes. But I'm not you, so... Uh, <laughs> so, Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. No, it's just called Lightyear. I know, but I was being funny. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> this has took a bit of a kick in, this this film. Have it? Yeah. I've, I've not really heard very much about it. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Do you... Understand the concept of Lightyear because I think until this was released, I didn't. Why do I feel like this is a trick? You know, whenever you say to me, "Do you understand the concept of something?" You know, nine this times isn't out a of trick 10, at all. I really don't. Like, cause obviously, Buzz Lightyear is a character mm. in the Toy Story. I understand there's almost like a, a meta ness to it in that he was. Are we saying that Buzz Lightyear was a real person, and he went up in space, and then there was a toy? made out of him is that where we're going with this so the answer is no <laughs> so um but i mean this shows quite how badly disney dealt with the marketing of this mm-hmm. so and as soon as you step in there is the first the first seconds of the film is a title card which says in 1995 andy got a buzz lightyear toy the toy was from his favorite film this is that film Right, okay. So this is like, this. essentially, if someone in 995 gets a Luke Skywalker figure, this is Star Wars. This is Star Wars, right, okay. So it's a fictional film that the toy that Andy got in the original Toy mm-hmm. Story is merchandise from. Oh, it's making my head hurt. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, okay. So once we've got that out of the way, of the bad marketing, let's get into the film. I liked this film. <laughs> why, why, why do I feel there's a but? There was a big intake of breath there and and a face but then i like a lot of films that no that, one else does no 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 i like a i like interstellar oh yeah i don't like and that's not a pixar film no this is i think the best pixar films are children's films on the outside with deep meaning adult based emotions on the inside so i'm thinking inside out obviously i'm thinking toy story toy story on the surface is about toys but each film has a different sort of emotional well, thread that runs through it, right? yeah this is a sci-fi film that is closest to interstellar and in bits the expanse right with a robot cat to keep the kids happy Oh, okay. Now I'm fine with that because the robot cat's hilarious and I was happy to go through all these concepts of time, time and, and space, space and... and new worlds. Did Matthew McConaughey turn up at any point? Didn't. Uh, no, no, no. That's no, sad. Nor did, nor did he, Matt Damon. Was he talking and, uh, through the wall? And... No. <laughs> but this is... Uh, like, it, this hit me on quite a few levels. Like... Within twenty minutes, uh, I was I was in tears at this. So I mean, that is, doing, it is you. Yeah. It's doing good things with its characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, there are characters that I did not feel I would have an emotional attachment to. That clearly I did. Um, the voices are really really good. So. Is it the original voice cast for um, Buzz? No, so it's not Tim Allen. It's not Tim Allen. It's Chris Evans. <laughs> not that one. Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it does a fine job. It does a fine job. Like okay. loads of people have kicked off about it not being Tim Allen, uh, but yeah, like I think it's like if you really want to be in the law, mm. like it's very rarely like the actual star that voices the 
yeah. the merchandise. Yeah, it's exactly a sound right. alike. Yeah, um, makes sure. makes sense. She says. Like the highlight for me is uh, Dale Souls, who is. Is he the robot cat? No, no. Uh, she is one of the one of the one of Buzz's team that he creates. But she, you might know her. She played Frida in Orange Is New Black. Who is really one of the highlights of the like the later series of Orange is New oh, Black? Oh no, I can't remember anyone. Yeah, she's she's the person who's in there. Who's the the older woman who mm. is in for murder and? Oh yes, yes I do remember. Yeah. Yes, oh that's brilliant. And is like a little bit crazy mm. and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm showing you yeah. a picture now. The other good thing about this, the other thing that I really really liked is this is a f- set as a film that was made in the early nineties. And by, well, I mean, that is, so if Star Wars were made today, mm. you wouldn't, the computer screens would not be block, black screens with like yes. big blocks of light coming on here and there. They'd be like flat screens flat to screen. reflect yeah. that. This is a film that 100% like looks and the technology that is used in it is inspired by 90s, um, by, by, by technology that would be around in 1992, for example, when this film allegedly was made. Um this has took an absolute kick in for like, and it's got on the wrong side of things because, you know, they they dare show that two women are married to each other. Oh God, and, really? Yeah, is that what we? Yeah. <sighs> and I think, and this is it's took a kick in at the box office. Um, I don't think it's anything to do with the backlash over oh, two yeah. two women love each other. It, it, I'm sure this is down to the... the fact that no one understands what this is. Mm. It's a fine, it's a it's a perfectly acceptable science fiction mm. film that just isn't doesn't feel Pixar to me. Okay, and you know, like Pixar can do whatever they want, but it feels like the kid stuff is tacked onto it, and it feels very like almost this should have been the Disney Plus film rather than Turning Red, which is a lot better film mm-hmm. than this. Um, but yeah, it's a it's high three. Can I tell you what's not a three star film? Hustle. Now you mentioned Hustle. I think it was last night when we were talking about what we were going to do on the pod, and I had no idea what you were talking about. And you said all would be revealed tonight. So please, Mark, reveal all. What is Hustle? So Hustle's a TV show that was out in like the mid two thousands with um. No, 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 it's not about that. I was about to say, it's yeah. what a BBC one about the, the con <laughs> Yeah, artist. Adrian Lester being, and, yeah. uh, and Mark Warren, uh, yeah, ripping off people. <laughs> it's also, not that then. <laughs> no. Um, Hustle is the latest Netflix film um, with Adam Sandler. No, wait, come back. <laughs> it's one of his good ones. Mm. Um, so yeah, this is when this is what happens when Adam Sandler isn't dicking about with his mates and actually makes a film about things that he really enjoys. Uh, so Adam Sandler plays a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team, and his job is to travel around the world and find the next big player that is outside of the college basketball system. So he travel you see him travelling to like um Eastern Europe, you see him travelling to uh, I think Germany, you see him travelling to Spain, trying to find like this. And this person. is sorry, in the seventies, what you're saying? No. No? No. No. He he works for the Philadelphia seventy sixers, oh, right. which is a team. An, an actual legitimate it, basketball it's, team. It's set now. It's set now. Not yes. in the seventies. Not in the seventies. No. <laughs> Carry on. Um yeah, so 
like part of this is he's dealing with life being on the road. Like there is, it's mentioned that he's missed his daughter's last nine birthdays due to be on the road. Um, there is a real lovely family vibe to this. Um, he's married to Queen Latifah. Uh, and has a daughter who is played by Jordan Hull. And you know what? They're sick of this shit, but they're not like... At no point is they're like, right, if this happens one more time, I'm oh, leaving you. Really yeah, they just it's, sort of take it just as take it. It's, yeah, they still love him. They're mm-hmm. really friendly with him. They have a laugh about things. But, oh God, I kind of wish that you weren't doing this yeah. all the time. Obviously, as part of this, he finds... Um, a Spanish basketball player who is working construction but on an evening is going to the basketball courts and hustling players out of money. Brilliant. That's the name. I got that, Mark. It's all right. He takes him across to stand for the 76ers but they're not happy with him for certain reasons which will become clear. So um, Adam Sandler's character takes it on himself to train him and to take him to the big oh, it's draft. One of those sorts of films. There. Right. Yes. Okay. It's a it's a mentoring. So Yeah, right. On the downside to this, mm. you can join the dots from mm-hmm. the very first moment mm-hmm. of this film. As soon as you see someone in construction boots coming along <laughs> and they're going, I'm gonna give you a chance, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna train you. You can see exactly where this is going. I really like those films. However, this is done <laughs> amazingly well. Like, we don't get as many of them. There was a time, like, beginning beginning of the 2000s when you got Friday Night Lights, you got Coach Carter, even things like The Mighty Ducks and things like that, which I, lo- I unironically love the first two Mighty Ducks films. The third one's a bit, a bit shit, but... Um, yeah, and... Um, impossible is it called or the, I mean, I'm the, not sure you're asking the okay, right person yeah the, there were loads of these apart from Creed I can't think of a big budget um, no I can't actually sports movie yeah. that's been out for a while this is absolutely filling a gap um, Adam Sandler is brilliant in it um, against all odds he is like showing how annoying it is when he makes absolute utter shit with Rob Schneider and yeah, he's so likable. Um, the guy who plays the Spanish basketball star, I'm going to get his name up because I will not remember it, um, is uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, genuinely bas- basketball star, as so many of these people are. Um, people who play these are all NBA stars. And you know what? Like he's He, he plays it quite naively, but because he's not you can tell that's because he's not an actor but it works because he is someone who was working construction um who is now coming along to the nba and trying to better perfectly acceptable job there is people who there who people who know more about basketball than me will absolutely spot a mile off um and there's no one who's awful in this which can happen quite easily when you're when you're dealing with sports stars, um, yeah. This is a really really good film. It's on Netflix. It's two hours long. You went within the first half hour. You can draw exactly where it's going. But I was charmed and entertained all the way throughout. Oh, sounds brilliant. I, I really recommend yeah, if you get yeah. yeah if you want a film just to put on in the background while you're pottering about. 
Two hours. Two hours, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. It's really worth watching. Oh, well done, Mark. Well, well done. done. Well done, Mark. Well, well done. done for finding that film. I mean, it's quite famous. Everyone's <laughs> talking about it, yeah. Um, can we talk about Elvis? Viva Las Vegas. So on my birthday, yep. me and you went to the cinema together. We did together. We sat together. Did you wish that you were sat on your own? <laughs> I didn't, by the way, just before you <laughs> before you think I'm saying that. It's just, we're so used to going by ourselves that actually being close to each other at the cinema was quite a quite an experience. We weren't that close. No, we weren't, actually. No, we do, we weren't we're, we're not one of those couples that like sort of links arms or anything during the film. Or Does sort of... anyone who's been together lunch? Oh, and... People do do people do do that. Yeah. No, you're just shaking your head. Anyway, went together. Yes. Very exciting. Go Should we talk cinema. about what the film's about? Well, I, th- I, th- I think it might be a bit obvious. So this is the story of Elvis Aaron Presley. Or is, is it? it? Yes. Or is it? Oh. <laughs> so, can I just? What's your opinions on Elvis? Because we never really talk about Elvis at all. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I've got loads. To say, we yeah. don't. We don't play a lot of Elvis no. music. Um, my opinion is like I respect what he did, but mm-hmm. I prefer the Beatles. I prefer mm-hmm. Buddy Holly. I think Buddy Holly mm-hmm. made more good songs in two years than Elvis did in mm-hmm. twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I respect what he did, and I appreciate him for the showmanship. And I was exactly the same until round about uh, four years ago, when. You and I went to Vegas. Yes. Well, we went to Vegas for our... In- well, we went to Vegas and we got engaged. Yes. And then we went to Vegas for our honeymoon. Yes. And the the character of Elvis is so... It's like Vegas embodies... I mean, the Elvis impersonators everywhere. And we, we saw one once, didn't we? When we went downtown and there was someone um, singing Elvis songs. And you go past the chapels and... You can you you can get married by uh, someone singing Elvis, someone dressed as Elvis, and that he's just he's just there, he's just there in Vegas, and so that that Hollywoodness of uh, and that character and and I can't quite grab the word, you know that that otherness of Elvis is is just always there in Vegas for me, and really reminds me of of Vegas, but also anyone who's heard us talking about our story before who knows so the background to the podcast will know that one of our twins died shortly after they were born and after that happened I became a little bit obsessed with finding other people who were surviving twins and there's a really interesting list <laughs> interesting list of people who you might not know are surviving twins so for example JK from Jamiroquai is a surviving twin. Liberace was a surviving twin. Sophie, Sophie Turner, Turner from, from Game of Thrones is a surviving twin. And Elvis Aaron Presley is a surviving twin. And that just, I don't know why, but that gave me so much, and I'm going to use the word advisedly, but it gave me so much comfort hmm. to know that there were other people in the world who had uh, who, who were surviving twins but also, I just love the idea of uh, that my son, who was a surviving twin, could go into show business, you know, and and might have this 
spirit of entertainment running running through him so even now i'm like i always make a joke don't i I'm like i'm gonna put him on the stage <laughs> like you know that don't put your daughter on the stage i like someone shout don't put your son on the stage but i i think i just get got so much comfort from that and so elvis then became not just elvis the entertainer for me but elvis the surviving twin and i understood from reading about it that he and liberace had this really interesting relationship this friendship that was based on the fact that they had both had these losses in their life and that a lot of the time and we don't get it so much now but a lot of time at that era people would say things like oh well, you're living for the other twin or you've got the other twin living with it you know that sort of thing. I don't think we would say that now I think we we'd be very careful to not say things like that yeah but that's what they had and that's what they were told so this is a very, very long-winded way of saying that my relationship with Elvis has completely changed because I see him now as the surviving twin that had that loss and that grief around him, not only in his family, but within himself as well, of someone who had a twin brother who died. Okay, that's that's mm. a really beautiful story, and I feel mm. trivial saying that. <laughs> Are you going to come in and say something? Not really heard you play much of the music. <laughs> no, and that's the other thing. I'm... I know the songs, like I know the songs, but he's not someone who, like, I would choose to play the Beatles. I would, you know, play them, you know, quite happily, and I know the songs, and I would choose to put them on. But yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily. Although now I've been listening to a little bit more of Elvis since we've seen the, seen the film. Yeah, musically, I know him more as the, the showman. Mm. But what drew me to this film? It wasn't the Elvis story. It's Baz. It's Baz. It's Baz Luhrmann. And there will be people out there who, at the the mention of the name Baz, will be going, right, I'm off. <laughs> because you have... I think you love Baz, or you don't love him. You know, there is no midsection with Baz. You're either in it, and you're in it with him, or everything that he does will drive you mad. And I am a huge fan of Baz Luhrmann and everything he does. I learned a new word recently when I've been listening to all the other review podcasts and reading the stuff. And there's, there's this new word that's been banded about with him that I hadn't come across. I'm sure everyone else has. But maximalist. This 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 word max. Everything is big and bold and all-consuming. And I love that about Baz Luhrmann. So the first 10 seconds of this on the surface of it an elvis biopic when he did he did all the baz things i can was we, there and i was just explain to people who don't who don't who don't necessarily know baz lemon is the mm. films that he's done so mm. strictly ballroom is a bit of an one? outlier but it's but it's there but um and romeo, it absolutely has this stuff in leonardo dicaprio romeo and juliet from the so, 90s um thank you um moulin rouge uh the great gatsby Australia, which I've Australia, not seen. Australia, I've not seen. But it's incredibly... So if you've seen... I think the, the perfect thing is the Romeo and Juliet, probably his most seen film. Yeah, I meant Moulin, Moulin Rouge. But, yeah, I put those two together. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, incredibly stylized. Massively. Uses... So in the first sort of 10 seconds of... Or the first act of um, Romeo and Juliet, when someone mentions, oh, I'll get my sabre, it zooms into a gun which has sabre written on the mm. side of it to show you that... Yeah, the longsword? Yes. 
as oh, well. Oh, is it Longsword? I th- well, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Longsword. It's a long time since I've yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's quick edits. It's fast cuts. Mm. It's, it's even the... It's being sped up at yes. times in Romeo and Juliet and certainly in Strictly Ballroom. We're speeding through. Actually, it's the same in Moulin Rouge. I'm thinking of scenes now. It's musical. It's dance. It, it's just entertainment. I've only seen Moulin Rouge once, so I'm not really familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but once you we'll see, <laughs> see a stage show of it in... We are in very different tonal shifts here. I am like going mad. My arms are certain. I'm not saying, yeah, I've only seen Moulin Rouge once. Yes. <laughs> but... The framing device of this story is Colonel Tom Parker, who, if you're not aware, was the manager of Elvis from... Discovered him Mm. in the 50s and took him through to his death, essentially. And it is... Untimely death. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes when you're not... You haven't lived through... And obviously we were alive at the time, but you... Well, you've not... Yeah, we, we were, weren't we? No, we were Oh, were we not? No. Were we not alive? He died we... in the 70s. Oh, God. <laughs> See, this is how little... But, yeah, we haven't lived through that. That Whereas there was the woman a couple of doors down from us at the theatre who clearly was alive when that, and she knew everything. You know, she was really in it. And she obviously loved Elvis as a, as a kid. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, carry on. So, <laughs> the framing device of this film is Tom Parker coming to the end of his life he is walking through a empty Las Vegas casino yes. playing the slots and imagining the life of his life. Yeah, he's reflecting, isn't he? He's and looking back. Which is so heavily stapled to Elvis's. And then we get a flashback to the first time they met when he is promoting carnivals around the south of America. Um, and yeah, someone has a record. Cody Smith McPhee in a really yeah, small role really small, comes along yeah. and says, "I've I've got I've got this record. Everyone's playing." You were going to do the accent then, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was nowhere near <laughs> going to go that. Yeah, Sun Records. Everyone is talking about this guy. It, yeah, and obviously it turns out to be to be Elvis. And then we see Elvis through his life, mm. uh, through his finding his music, shall we say, in a number of different ways through his relationship with Priscilla, through the birth of Lisa Marie, and him joining the US Army, having to leave the limelight for two years while he joined, um, his comeback, and then his evolution into a resident in Las Vegas. Um, I don't tell the doing, day. Yeah, uh, doing his his times and, and mm-hmm. doing two shows a day for the uh, for the for the punters but it's it's not an elvis biopic that this is where i'm i'm, I'm really keen to I'm, i feel we're in a very different energy with this it, it's not an elvis biopic for me it it's a fairy tale it's a fairy tale story in the way that baz Luhrmann does it i don't think he went into this thinking i am gonna tell you the absolute factual truth of everything about about elvis because it isn't there were contrivances in this film that I think you could roll your eyes at. I didn't, but you could roll your eyes at. We're just on a journey. We're on this Elvis journey with, like you say, this framing device of, of Tom Parker. And I think if you just sit there and you and you know that's what you're getting and you're not, you, you know that you're not sitting watching documentary style Elvis biopic. If you If you are like me and you just 
love the music and love the entertainment and love the showmanship of Baz Luhrmann and then you combine that with Elvis Presley you will just be in for this amazing amazing ride I love this film <laughs> at the moment it's my my top film of the year and I really feel <laughs> I really I like I feel we're on totally different energies here because you are talking very slowly and very purposefully about what the film's about. And I don't think I care about what the film's about. And I'm like rushing you all the time. I'm like waiting for you to like, I'm like, why are we even describing what this film is about? We should be talking about how it looks and how it feels. And the um, it's just so immersive. And you're there with him and you're on the stage and... There is, these, there is these whole scenes where he is on the stage. It, this brilliant performance by Austin Butler. Like I saw the trailer and thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. I take everything back. That guy needs an Oscar. He was Elvis Presley. And when he was on stage and his, his movements, his body movements, there, there's a point where a girl, like this, this scream just comes out of her. She doesn't know it's going to come out, but it just emerges from her throat. And I was that girl. I, I, I could feel... And there's this whole thing of going back to religion, him feeling the spirit. And you could see the spirit moving in it. And you could see the spirit moving through the audience. And, like, I was there. Like, I was totally there with it. I didn't want it to end. I'm going to calm down now. Because <laughs> I'm guessing you were not feeling the spirit. <laughs> Just... Just by the fact that you've laughed at the fact that I've said it's going to be my top film of the year. I think I enjoyed it. I liked it. I didn't love it. It's a three-star film for me. Um, Austin Butler, I think, has does a really, really good job in a really thankless role. Um, you cannot... when. There is someone who has been so... We said this when we talked about Diana. When there is someone who's been so seen and such an icon, it's really tough to play them without going into an impersonation. And I think he did that 80% of the time, which I think is better than anything else anyone could have expected. Um, He he looks the part, which is weird because he doesn't look like Elvis. He doesn't look like Elvis. I think that's the cleverness of it. He owns the stage and this is someone who this is his big break mm. i mean if you have you looked at his previous work no no i haven't i just still want to think it's of him as every Elvis. piece of shit that you see direct to disney plus like it's it's hannah montana it is yeah is he playing lots of boyfriends yeah, and, yeah absolutely absolutely he has made a career of himself and this is this is a star making performance and i'll completely agree with you there we need to talk about tom hanks okay Tom Hanks is playing Bella Lugosi playing Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. What I, the fuck is going on there? Well, I think I think yeah, I'm I'm going to defend it, but and I can totally understand how my defense is going to be very weak. It's Tom Hanks. But it's Tom Hanks wearing a fat suit. Wearing a fat suit and with a ludicrous yeah, accent. With a lot with a lot of prosthetics actually, yeah. facial prosthetics as well. Um, I think he's meant to be Dutch, but. It, it, doesn't come across that way. That's not the that's not it, the voice I get. My my defense Transylvania of it, maybe. Yeah, my defense of it is that in a Lerman film, that there usually are these larger than life characters, and Parker was a larger than life character. He was a showman. 
um, worked with the carnivals, he was in many ways very sinister, which I found Hanks's performance quite sinister, but also very laughable. And my understanding is that Priscilla Presley, who has had some input in this film, from what I understand, or at least she's given, you know, she's sort of given notes. Um, she said, well, he he wasn't this one note person. He did have these sort of vulnerabilities and he was funny and but you were charmed by him and but then you found him you know there was all these sort of moments to him i take him as a baz Luhrmann character if you've ever watched strictly ballroom you'll know that there are some larger than life characters that even you know the um the uh the people in moulin rouge there's there's a, there's a lot in in there going on but uh, yeah to begin with i found it disconcerting i found it took me out of the film i i've come to sort of accept it now <laughs> because, and that's fine if, yeah. if you are if you were on board with the film yeah I you think were that's absolutely right. yeah. on it i've forgiven it I for think. me all i think of is when joey's playing sigmund freud on that thing and does that song <laughs> in uh in friends or oh, live on tears or tinker um <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and again, as I said earlier, if you're not down with the Lerman and and not I like it, Baz I Lerman, you, though. I know you, but you're not like you're not like me. I mean, like you say, you've only watched Moulin Rouge once. I've watched Moulin Rouge so many times, I can't tell you. And I've been to see the musical in the West. You know, yes. I am so into that film; it is unbelievable. And Strictly Ballroom as well, which is again one of my all-time favorite films. I, it's a beautiful film. I like the Ric Flair character. In it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> And but like I say, larger than life, these over the top characters. I think it's really going back to to that in Strictly Ballroom. Anyway, if you're not with it, I could imagine it could really, really grind on you, and you would just think, "What on earth is this?" It's long as well. I know that this mm-hmm. is a. I mean, this is two hours forty, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with it being two hours forty if I like if it offers me anything. Mm-hmm. I learned nothing about Elvis in this. Uh, like there Did is abso- not? there is not absolutely that nothing that oh, I wasn't lot, aware yeah. of about it just through just through picking up pop culture here and there. Okay, well maybe it, it was something mm. for me because I really knew not apart from the his his birth. Yeah. I really didn't know anything else about. I didn't know about this. There's a big thing about a Christmas special that I've heard other people talk about as being one of the best things that's ever been on top. I didn't know that existed, so I did learn a lot as as a complete you know. And I didn't even know he died at like 42. Obviously, I got, I've got the date wrong yes. earlier on. But I didn't know he died at 42. I didn't know about the Las Vegas residency. Which on my 42nd birthday was quite Yeah, a I know. Worry. It was a bit of a moment, yeah. wasn't it? Um, yeah. I I did learn something from it. But I did take a lot of it as a pinch of salt. There are, like I say, without spoiling anything, there are some moments in here that are massive contrivances. And I did roll my eye and I did think, oh, Baz, I don't think that happened. But... I was willing to sort of put them to to one side. There are, and I think the problem is, is the problem the big problem I had with this film is the characters around Elvis are given absolutely zero time at all. There are two TV executives that come in um to and Elvis brings them in to sort of liven up his act outside of what Colonel Tom wants him to do, which is very traditional sort of family based mm-hmm. thing. Um uh, Obviously, you will mention who played one of them. Well, no, because I don't want to. Spo- I don't want to spoil it. Okay. I don't. Well, wanna... I don't I think... think casting is no, a problem. No, I do. I do because they come in quite late, 
And I was really... T- it took me a long time to sort of work out who it was because they've got all of their 70s gear on. Okay. So I don't think we should mention that. I, I think it would be, it would, for people to go and see and to go, oh, okay, and you, when they turn I, up, I it'll be good. Have, I think yeah. the majority of people who've gone to see this will not know who this person is. But, but I don't yeah, think it matters. Yeah. You know, let people enjoy there it. There is a character who I learned is called Jerry Schilling who I had no idea who it was until the last act even though he's been there and just mm. a bloke in the background and then I'm supposed to expected to know exactly who it was and when you've you know that's acceptable in a 90 minute film that someone in the background steps forward but I've not even learned his name up until the last act and mm. I've got well, it's I've sat it, here for two and a half hours at it's this a film point. it's right at the heart it's, it's, it's Parker and Elvis those are the the two main characters. So, but you can't I think rely you watch on other people to do things. No, when, but yeah. I would watch it again, and maybe I would pick up more more about it. The bits that I really enjoyed with, with his family, the early days with his family. I spent the first half an hour crying because I was enjoying this film so much, but also I was so touched by Elvis's story that I've already mentioned. So they do allude to what what happened to him, yes. and also the the impact of that on his mother. And obviously, in this instance, I am the mother. And it's it's been a while actually since I've watched a film, and well, it's been a while because it hasn't really happened. But I've not been in a position really is what I should say. I've not been in a position where I have been the mother in the. Do you know what I mean? Like so when you're watching a film, you don't automatically think, "Oh, here's here's the mother character, and that's me." Yes. But that is me now. When I'm looking at her on screen, she is someone who has um, lost her eldest child, her eldest child has died, and then she has this this other child, who is who is the 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 dead child's twin. You know all of the you know there's yeah. so much of that going on, and I was Elvis's mother all the way through this, and I really understood her story. Okay. And I, I really felt with that, with very little, with Lerman giving us very little, because I have been through what Elvis's mother has been through, albeit many, many years later. I really, un, uh, I, I saw the pain on her, and it really re- resonated with me. So I, I can't got wait a to lot. Blake's really bad business manager. <laughs> then, so. Yeah, the the family don't necessarily come out of this particularly particularly well. But uh, yeah, I understood her pain and. I read more into it because I understood that she was a, a mother who had lost a child. So yeah, I got a lot out of it because of all of the, those reasons. And to to me, I'm I'm teetering on five stars, and I'm probably high four if I sort of calm down a bit. But I'm I really love this film so much and i've recommended it to everyone i've been sending people whatsapp messages going you've got to see elvis you've got to see elvis i mean do you want people to (laughs) look i i don't think this is a film like i i'm really glad that you you enjoy it and but even if i was five stars on this this isn't a film which i could recommend (laughs) i would be going around recommending to people because i think this is a a very niche product that yeah but didn't just you know Put all of this stuff that we talked about. Did you not enjoy the entertainment of the the stage show and the oh, performances? Yes. The performances, I think, are brilliant. Being at Vegas and the music, you know, because Lerman films drive you along. I I know it did feel long. It did mm. feel long, but it, they drive you along with the music and the editing. And you you're there. You're in the audience. You're on the stage. Did you not enjoy yeah. that oh, aspect of it? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, and you know, like I enjoyed the fact that it was 
set the International, which then mm. became the Hilton International in Las Vegas, a yeah. lot of it, where um, I went to see the Star Trek exhibition <laughs> in 2008 and, uh, yeah, drank a really potent cocktail with dry ice coming out of it called a Warp Core Breach, which, uh, yeah, it was all good fun. Um, yeah, it, look, I, I think everything around Austin Butler mm-hmm. uh, works. Everything around other parts of this is so-so. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, it's cliche to say it's too long, but it, 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 it is, is it, it too, is too long. long. Yeah, 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 it is. You're right. If you, this could be tightened up by... Uh, this could be tightened up really easily. But, yeah, um, look, it's... I'm well, really glad it got, worked for you. You've got two different opinions there, so that's quite good, yes. I think. I am a little bit sad that you're not as into it as I am, but I think I'm into it for lots and lots of different reasons that maybe others wouldn't be. I think you're more I'm into carrying... this than Baz Luhrmann yeah. probably is, to be perfectly honest. But, <laughs> I I yeah. but look, it's got good reviews. And, yeah, 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 and good reviews from places that you wouldn't necessarily think would give it good reviews. A lot of the art house cinema... Um, film review podcasts, for example, or magazines have given it really good reviews. Some of them given it five stars. Um, Kermode loves it. Oh, he I've gave it. He gave that. it five stars in um, whichever paper he he wrote his his review for. I can't remember, but yeah, he 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 was with it, and I think that's it. If you're with it, you will love it. If you're not, you'll come out and go, oh, that's fine. And to be fair. 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, which mm. I'm not a big fan of, but yeah. 94% audience score. So, I mean, that's really high. That's yeah. higher than I ever anticipated. That is higher than I anticipated, actually. But, but maybe it's because you, you leave you leave on a hat because, because of the performance, because of those performances. And it very much pulls at your heartstrings at the end as well, mm. I think. And it really does. I mean, the, like I said, the woman a couple of doors down from me was weeping at the end. I was weeping at the beginning. She was weeping at the end because I think she was remembering, you know, the the Elvis of her youth. And I found that quite powerful, actually. So maybe we can revisit some of Austin Butler's other works, such okay. as um, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, <laughs> the spin-off from Haskell Musical. See previous no. episode. No. No, I think I'm fine. I think I'll just keep watching him as Elvis. Uh, Aliens in the Attic, also starring Ashley Tisdale. I'd watch that. I know you would. Yeah, it, it's it is, it's Disney films and shitty horrors seem to be his uh, his oeuvre. But hey, look, it, it, a star is born. Ironically enough. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, thank you for listening yeah, and getting th- to the thanks for getting to the end of, end of this. Yeah, we have covered some big, big shows and yes. Elvis on this on this week's pod. Um, you can find us on social media at the Honeymoon Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes or drop us a star rating on Spotify. Really appreciate it. And we also have something new, which we're both. Um, gonna really awkwardly talk about now, so be prepared for the awkwardness. I'm not even talking about. Yeah, it, you, so, you, uh... you got, you won't even talk about it. We've done a number of episodes now, and we've had lots of people very, very kindly over the past sort of two years. Okay, two years. Yeah. Ask us how they could support us on on the podcast, and we've had lots of conversations with with people. Some amazing conversations actually about cups for a long time, where people were asking us. Um, could we do like a, some cups with the logo on, like mugs? Mugs is mugs. the best <laughs> you, I knew you would look at me. Uh, so like, mugs with the logo on and everything, and, and and we've had like 
some amazing suggestions from people and one of the things that comes up quite often is well have you got like uh i never know whether it's coffee or coffee is it meant to be like coffee? coffee a coffee so people say have you got a coffee account so we could buy you a coffee in inverted commas uh just to say thank you for the podcast or we like the show or just sort of like just yeah Th- that that sort of thing and it's come up quite a lot recently and we're like first of all that is just lovely thank you very much and then secondly we've gone and done it yes. <laughs> so we've we've set up a coffee account where you can buy us a coffee if you like what we do and and genuinely it will actually go towards coffee. I know a lot of people say buy us a coffee, but they don't actually mean it. It will actually go towards coffee. Do you want to tell everyone your coffee story, Mark? Oh, it's mortifying. I went to when I went to see Lightyear. Um, I always go to an Odeon which has a Costa inside it, and so the girl takes your order and she turns around and says, "Oh, a large americano," and the girl turned around as if to say, "Oh, do you want milk in that?" And she looked at me and said, "Oh, you take it black, don't you?" <laughs> And I'm absolutely mortified. I'm considering changing cinemas even more than I was before because, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm six foot four, so I do stand out a little do, bit. And yeah. Always rock and, up. And you do. Turn up by yeah. myself. So, uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's that lonely big big man that uh, comes. <laughs> she might have got a shock to see she wasn't there the day that we went to see Elvis because then she would be like, oh, look, he's got a girlfriend. Yes. 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 Thank you for patronising me there. So. That was our very awkward way of saying, if you'd like us to buy a coffee, you can do so. It's going to be at the top of our Twitter, so please find it there. Just, yeah. Yeah. It, it, God, <laughs> how British are we? Yeah, I know. How British yeah. are we? Yeah. We're mortified um, to be, yeah. But thank you everyone for suggesting it, and um, thank you everyone who um, puts, you know, some, some coffee in our coffee account. Yes. The end. The end. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be coming back quite soon because I would like to do an end of season review on Stranger Things. Oh yes, yeah. Where, where are we up to at the moment? Are we episode eight? Yeah, we are up to the last episode. Mm-hmm. So the two and a half hour finale. Oh, yeah. That's episode nine, isn't it? So yeah. I don't isn't know. It? I can't oh, okay. Well, we're up to... I can't remember. We've which. just watched the penultimate one and we need to watch the feature-length film one. Yeah. So at some point yeah. in the week, we'll come out we with our season four thoughts. Brilliant. And we'll see you next time. Bye.